So welcome to the very first edition of the Procast. First of all, before we start the first episode, we want to take a step back and introduce to you what the Procast is about, who we are aiming this exciting new podcast at. Essentially, it's for anyone who works in the sports nutrition industry or walks around it. So maybe you work in a gym, maybe you work in a retail store, uh, perhaps you're an owner. What we want to do is we want to share brand stories. We want the brands that we work with, and in some cases, some of the brands that we don't work with, the ones that have compelling stories, we want to bring them onto this show and allow you, our listeners, to understand why you should retail their brands, why you should get behind their brands and understand the story. Additionally, we want to bring on some of the retailers that we work with. We want to understand the challenges they face, how they've overcome these challenges, how some of our listeners can understand and better their own businesses by learning from the experiences. On today's episode, we've got Tom Neal from Gym Buddies. Uh, he owns Gym Buddy Protein Donuts. Uh, they're a brand that we've been working with for the last 18 months. We've recently taken in the Ambient Donut, so they are now shelf stable up to three months. The story of how he got into creating Gym Buddy Donuts, the challenges he's faced through the various iterations of the product, uh, and why, as a product, you guys, as retailers, should be stocking, why you should be pushing it. Obviously, this is the first one that we're doing. We've got some really good guests lined up over the next three, four months. Uh, please ask questions. Uh, there is an opportunity to ask questions on the podcast. Obviously, you can connect with us through our social media. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're a customer of ours, you will have our contact addresses. Please let us know what you think of the show. Please comment. Uh, and if there's people that you want us to have on the show, please let us know. So without further ado, listen to myself and Tom talk about protein donuts. Tom, so firstly, thank you for joining us on the show today. Um, Thanks a lot, about, That's right. We want to hear about your story. So we obviously know the product, uh, high-protein donut, but what were you doing before the donut started? Well, it's, uh, I suppose, how far do you want to go back? Uh, I was, so I, I grew up in uh, South East London, um, did secondary school, and then uh, went to uni and wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, um, which is kind of a theme of my uh you know childhood wasn't really sure like where i wanted to go with uh you know career wise uh so i did archaeology um because i found it interesting not because i thought it would get me a job um so uh specialized in egyptology um and uh after after uni i um was was you know uh, kind of floundering around for you know what i was interested in so i found uh, personal training um and I think personal training was kind of like a, a like I, I thought of it as as a way for me to work in the in the fitness industry, but but not sort of. I mean, I mean, it's difficult to kind of monetize being shredded, if that makes sense. You know, yeah. you can't just. You know, I, I was really into the fitness. You know, gym training, and you know, you got to you got to do that and something else. And uh, for me, that that was personal training. Um, and uh, played with that for a bit, and then um, I <laughs> had a brief stint in investment banking um for a year which i absolutely hated and i thought okay yeah definitely uh want to work for myself um and and in the fitness industry so i was sort of like knocking out those uh those points uh went back to personal training and um that's when i that's when i had the idea basically for uh fitness donuts and how long ago was was that idea the original idea was uh, it's getting on for three years ago now um, and it's been quite the sort of development from, you know, cause I've, I've got no, I've got no background in food. I'm, I'm literally, I was basically a professional Instagram douchebag with clients. Um, and 
you know, had had the idea. And initially, it, it was it was three years ago. It was it was making them for myself. Um, so I was I was cutting for a, a photo shoot with um, with Chris Bailey, uh, a great photographer actually. I mentioned, um, and uh, it, was, it was basically the idea being get some pictures of me um, looking lean, put them up on my site, and then I'll get more clients. Um, but I, it was. As, as I'm sure many you know people in the industry will know, the the chicken and broccoli life is uh, pretty depressing <laughs> when you're, yeah. you know, particularly when you're in the thick of it and doing loads of cardio and stuff. And uh, donuts are always one of these things that like everyone's done. They were like there are cookies, there are brownies, flapjacks, um, but it, it the the sort of really I suppose what you'd call dirty stuff. Um, I felt like it hadn't been touched on very well, and and donuts for me were like a, a vice, I guess, if you like. So um i just set about i bought a pan on amazon um and uh just through sort of because uh, I, I was still very sort of strict and anal on my diet so i was putting in stuff that was in it already like oats and eggs and whey but yeah i wasn't sort of touching anything uh you know that i, I wouldn't have in a diet anyway so before kind of move forward on that there was something that you said in the intro about you working in investment banking yes which is actually something i i didn't know about you um and you said you I disliked it, it slash hated. <laughs> so I was just interested. So what was it that you really didn't like? Was it? So you, you said two things. I I realised I wanted to work for myself, and I didn't like investment banking. So I was just—is it the investment banking you didn't like, or was it just this desire to to work for yourself? Yeah, I, do you know, I tell you what it was. I I did. So when I was in um, secondary school, I used to trade stocks and shares um, on like like spread betting. Um, and it, it was just sort of a way to, to make some extra money. Um, you know, when you know, I'm a kid, right. I want like a car. Um, and so, so I basically taught myself how to, how to day trade. Um, and it was, it was a real, I just like sort of being aware of like trends, what's going on in the world. I, I think, you know, something that I've, I've noticed as a, as a trend in what I'm interested in is, is people. So whether that's like ancient society or whether that's, you know, what, um you know political situation in the middle east is going to do to oil it's just like how people behave i guess yeah. and so that that is why I, I started the day trading for myself and i thought you know, like if i could i could turn that into a career you know trading for a bank um which is I, I guess like a standard progression for someone that's interested in that um but yeah at the bank it was it's it's very different to like it's not wolf of wall street okay yeah. you know it's not... i think that's most people's um I guess narrative when they hear yeah. about investment bankers. I feel like maybe in the eighties. I don't know. Like I wasn't. I, I wasn't. I'm too young for that. Like I don't, I don't know. Like the seventies and eighties, what they were like. Uh, I, I I didn't experience that firsthand. Mine was very much, you know, lots of regulation and uh, you know very very important stuff. But it's also it's just boring. You know, it's um, it's very and there's there's so much like it, 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 you're not. It's not trading in in the sense that like you, you have an idea on a position and you know you you kind of make a bet in a way. You know, it's not like smart gambling, which I think yeah. is the way that Wolf of Wall Street kind of puts it forward. It's like it's not that at all. It's it's very um, linear. It's it's very safe. And um, I just I I kind of saw myself doing that for like forty or fifty years in the same cubicle, and thought, hell no, nah, you know. And I, I think also that the I've always had a problem with authority growing up. Like I just, if someone tells me to do something, my initial reaction is I don't, I don't want to do that now. So you, do you think you would have ended up at this? So if you had entered pretty much any career working in a business, your end point would have probably been the same that I actually want to work for myself. I think so. 
I think so. It, it's I I I'm very kind of yeah. I I, I like having uh, the the control, I suppose, over um, you know what I'm doing and how I'm spending my time. Um, okay. And uh, you know, I, I think it's I think that's an important you know like uh, money and kind of material stuff doesn't really interest me it, what my kind of like what 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 drives me is being able to uh, or, or like throughout the day every day being d- doing something that i choose to do that i want to do um you know and you're not going to necessarily enjoy all of it because some of it's crap and you know there's going to be like you know hard bits to it and and challenges etc but i'd much rather be doing that on my own terms than you know, wading through the same level of kind of BS, but on, uh, you know, on someone else's dream, if that makes sense. Yeah. And if we, so then go back through you, so cutting for a photo shoot, you bought a donut pan on Amazon, you started making some products. I'm sure there's various iterations. What was the point that said, okay, I think there's a business here? Yeah, it was kind of a a gradual, so I I took it to the gym and, uh, and gave some to my gym buddies. See what I did there? Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah and, th- and they you know they liked it in much the same way that I did um, and it was actually I remember I had a um, I, I, when I was working as a PT I was uh, yeah, I got up for like 40 hours a week and so you know my social life had kind of crashed and I hadn't seen my, my family in a while and I went to lunch with my parents and they were like oh you know what's new and uh, I mentioned I'd met oh let's check these out I made these donuts um, you know as my mum was kind of into cooking I was like oh let's check it out um, and they were like you know what do you what do you mean they're 99 calories like low calorie donut that sounds insane like and, and they, i think because they were so like removed from the fitness industry that sounded like such a non sequitur they were you know they, they kind of i suppose maybe planted the seed with me that like uh that could be something more than just me making it for myself i suppose um so i started kind of g- going down that path and uh the, the sort of the initial, like the, the inflection point, I suppose, for me was uh, the, the body power was coming up in 2016. Um, and I figured, you know, let, let's, I mean, basically I took, I <laughs> this is something I didn't tell my parents is I took all, literally all of my savings from PT and threw it into, I, I rented a commercial kitchen up in Birmingham near the show. Um, I hired a development chef um, and an assistant for him to actually make the donuts, uh, you know, every day on the, on the day of the show. Uh, you know, I got the whatever backdrops, uh, T-shirts, packaging, uh, got the health and safety stuff done, all the stuff you, you know, don't yeah. think about initially. Um, I basically threw myself at that. And uh, I was just like, it, part of me thinks I'm insane because I'm taking a donut to a fitness expo. And that sounds insane. Um but also I think, you know, I, I don't know, there was something about it that I, I feel like because it resonated with me so much, like I, I, I felt like the industry was missing that, you know. So was, so was Body Power 2016, you didn't have a finished product per se, that was almost your testing ground. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that was like softest of soft launches, you know, it was, I mean. I... Softest of soft launches, but presumably fairly investment heavy because <laughs> yeah, buying us, paying for a stand artwork it, development kitchen yeah if i'd have if, if it hadn't have worked i mean we, we sold out at the show it was like you know it, it by like 1 p.m every day it was nuts and uh you know we ended up profiting off of the show which i think is you know that that is indicative of the fact that i think that, that you know donuts touch quite an, it's like an emotional place with people i think everyone's got like a you know maybe like a childhood memory or something like that everyone feels positively about donuts 
Um, so would it, would it be fair to say there is a a gambling streak inside you? Something that <laughs> you see something there, and yes, there's a risk, but you see the upside as opposed to the downside. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I would call myself an optimistic realist in that okay. I didn't. You know what I mean? It's like I'd, I'd done I'd done the maths, I'd done the calculations on it, and it was like. I mean, I would basically, uh, this is the thing I didn't, you know, tell people was if it hadn't have worked, I would have basically had to, you know, move back in with my parents and I'd have been screwed. So, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, it, but that's the thing. It's like the worst case scenario, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like lose a roof over my head. I've, I've been able to move with my parents. It's just not ideal. You know, I'm not yeah. sort of like doing a sob story, but it's like, it was very much a high risk, but I never, it never crossed my mind really that it, that it would not work mm. as, as it, you know, it crossed my mind obviously like every day, but. I, I, I feel like, 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 like I said, the, the, the industry, I think a lot of the sort of comparable products like bars and cookies, et cetera, they, they take themselves very, very seriously. And they kind of touch what I'd call is like, like the top of the pyramid, if you like, of, of people that are into, you know, they're going to buy protein products. So it's like, and when I say top of the pyramid, I mean, right at the top, you've got people like myself, super anal, uh, doing macros, you know, weighing their broccoli, this kind of thing. And I think there's a lot of products pitched there, uh, you know, with a super jack guy on the front of a hyper lean muscle X bar. Um, but in terms of stuff that is more fun and, you know, doesn't take itself so seriously. And like, I mean, it's a donut, right? It's like, it's not yeah. serious. You know, it's, it's serious about nutrition, but it's not, you know, it, with, with the way I take the branding and, and, the, and the messaging, it's not. And I, and I think that's why it stood out so much at the show. And I remember I was looking through all the different brands at the show and I thought, like, yeah, if I, if I was looking at this and I saw Donut, like, I would make a beeline for that stand. And, you know, I think that means that other people would as well. So May 2016, you've had a successful show. What happens? Right. So people were asking me at the show, uh, you know, where, so where, where can I order, right? Where can I buy? I want to stop this in my gym. I want to put this in, you know, my, my, my chain of health food stores. And in my sort of inexperience and naivety, I was like, Oh yeah, cool. Uh, I'm, I'm like, what? Okay, get a product, get the get the donut. I uh, I put it in a box, you know, maybe put some plastic on it, and uh, maybe I'll do that in like a month. So I was telling people in May, like, oh yeah, we'll launch like June, July time. And uh, no, is you know, there's you know, then I I started learning about how how the food industry works, and you've got uh, shelf life testing, you've got uh, nutritional. Uh, checks you've got barcodes packaging the design uh eu regulation all the all the business registry stuff like just so much you know that that has to be done before you can kind of have a donut in a in a, a box you know yeah um so yeah it was it was it was may 2016 to basically uh may 2017 was was producing uh the the sort of the the, sh- the shelf unstable products right the fresh products Mm. And that was the, the first iteration of Gym Buddies, which had uh, six months frozen shelf life and then and then five days ambient. Um, and that that was like we, we, I basically wanted I knew I had to get something out because I kind of lit the fuse on on, you know, pe- people. I, I, I know how this industry works, right? People, people see something going well and the, the best form of flattery is they're going to try and do it themselves. Right. Yeah. So I was like, I want to get this out. And I knew they would struggle with all the same R&D things that I did. But I thought, no, I, I really need to get this out and kind of build a name for the brand. And I think the, the goal was always to own the, 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 the niche of protein donut in, people, in people's minds. So when they thought protein donut, they thought Gym Buddy and they became synonymous. Um, 
so that was so from May to May, it was essentially a frozen product. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, well, no, then, that was the development of that. So that know? was so so during that year, you were developing a product but not selling a product. Correct. Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, finding a, a, a bakery, looking at packaging, um, upscaling the production. It had been very very small scale before, and now suddenly I'm needing need to make thousands of the things. Um, how are you? How are you funding a life? How are you buying your chicken and broccoli? And then how how are you then, obviously paying for the development costs of the branding, the product. I smashed PT that year. I absolutely went like balls to the wall on, um, you know, I was doing the, I was doing my actual physical clients. I was doing online coaching, anything that I could do to, to get cash in the door to then immediately give to, you know, a designer or a baker or, you know, a, a van driver, <laughs> you know, something that could, could assist gym buddy. I was basically, you know, I, was, I was very much um, working to feed baby gym for that year. So you were, you, you were, PTing during the day and a donut chef by night. Uh, yeah, it was, it was very essentially. much essentially, yeah. And uh, you know, I was like I said, I was doing the online coaching as well. It was it was very. Um, I think I think it was it was challenging because it's like if you got one hat on, which is like you, you know your donut hat, then you know you can kind of think in that in that realm in that space, and you think about different things like you're thinking creatively, branding wise, and then you're thinking of like the the meat and potatoes of like logistics. But it's all very much towards one goal, but. I think it's, it's very draining when you try and do that and then switch to something totally different. And I'm, you know, talking about, you know, 50 year old Peter's uh, dodgy knee, you know, and I'm trying to fix that as well. And it's kind of like, yeah, it was, it was juggling all of that. And during that year, was there a point where you thought perhaps I should just, yeah, this donut is never going to get to market. <laughs> what was it? That, what was it that kept you going? Do you, yeah. I, do you know what? It never it sounds crazy to say, but it, it never crossed my mind. Like the idea of, of this not working just did not, I, I would not entertain the idea. Um, and I, I think it's because I've been on the ground. Like part of it is, is a, I, I genuinely believe in it. Like I, I think there was a hole in the, in, it, there was a, there, there's a, there was a niche that needed to be filled there in, you know, what we're calling like protein foods, not just by the donut, but by what the gym, what gym buddy is as a brand. Um, you know, I, I characterize it as like the Ben and Jerry's of fitness. I, I feel like it needed that. Um, and so there was my self-belief there in the, in the brand, but there was also throughout body power. And then, you know, afterwards on, I mean, social media is great because you can, you can talk directly to, to your consumers, right. All over the world. The, the sort of the very genuine messages people were sending about how excited they were for the product. Um, you know, whether it was people wanted to stock it, people wanted to import it, or people wanted to use it to, you know, prepare for competition or put it in their kid's lunchbox. There was, there was so much sort of uh, buzz around it that I, 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 that really kept me going, you know, as, as, as I really thought, like, that, that's, that's like, it's, it's a good sort of proof of concept, if you like, because it, it's so noisy now. I mean, every industry is that there's, I mean, you just look at Instagram, right? Like the, 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 the growth of new accounts there's, there's so many people online making noise, like throwing pebbles at that lake, making ripples. Mm. It's very difficult to make a ripple that has enough of an effect that, you know, people are taking the time to message you and stuff. And then, so we, we moved to May, 2017, you finally got a product to sell. You've got to take it to the consumer. You've obviously had a year's lag since body power. Mm. What happened in May, 2017? Well, so went out with uh, the, the, the frozen products. Um, I had my own e-commerce store. Um, and then I had, uh, you know, I, we, I was initially trying to get it into 
it was I had like a van route in London that was distributing them to some like protein cafes, that kind of thing, uh, and gyms, and um, and then I was I was selling in mail, um, and you know about halfway through that year, I think it was um, you guys got in touch with me uh, at Pro Life Distribution, and um, we, we that sort of opened up the the floodgates, if you like, in terms of like uh, access to to sort of gyms, independent retailers that were you know, all over the country that I wouldn't have been able to get to otherwise. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was the big thing. What I noticed as well is that with the, the, the logistics play, which, you know, that, that's basically what the e-commerce site was. The amount of struggle that I had with van drivers delivering the wrong thing at the wrong time to the wrong place, you know, not delivering things at all. Yeah. Like, it, but if I'd have paid myself minimum wage... Uh, for the the amount of like customer service and like chasing up drivers that I had to do, I would have made a huge loss, you know. And at, at this point, so we're in May 2017. You still personal training, or have you have you, you full full time donuts? The, the, May seven May 17 was when I um, hung up the the sort of the gloves of of um, physical PT, um, and I became full time donut. Um, and you know, it was I, I love PT. Uh, and I, I love, like I said, I, I do like, I, I like meeting people and, you know, interacting with people, but I, it was very much, I needed to focus on it. I needed to give it kind of uh, it, me coming home at like 9pm and being like really, really tired and then trying to jump on and be enthusiastic about donuts was, was, you know, it was holding me back, I think. So, um, I, I still, I still keep up like even to this day. I keep up with, uh, I do like the online coaching and stuff because I, I, I genuinely enjoy it. And I think I would do it for free you know that it, it, at a push and yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of the same with gym in that like at a push i would do that you know it's aside from any sort of monetary reward obviously that's what a business is about but i genuinely love it i love seeing what it does for people and kind of and i, I also think it, it's it's kind of needed in today's world like with you see like in the us right so we're launching gym by the usa in in q4 this year um, and by 2020, they're projecting that 50% of the population will have diabetes or like pre-diabetes symptoms. Yeah. And like that, that's because of high calorie foods and high sugar foods. And, you know, they're, they're, you need alternatives that taste good. You know, that's how you fix that problem. Yeah. But sorry, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm digressing. So May, May 14, PT Tom is, is no more. And now it's Donut Tom. Um, everyone calls me Jim at this point as well. People have started emailing me and calling me Jim. Yeah. Uh, and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it was basically during this time, it very quickly became apparent that a short, you know, fresh protein, a couple of shelf life, a couple of days shelf life on like a bread or a croissant or a donut or whatever, is like your, your enthusiasts are going to like that and your consumers are going to like it maybe if they have access to it, but retailers aren't going to stop that. You know, I, um, I had a meeting with Sainsbury's and, um, you know, again, this is the thing, like, like retailers were really, really keen on it. I had, um, I had Holland and Barrett approach me as well, which, you know, is like it's unheard of, right? It's because uh, they get had so many products thrown yeah. at them. It's because this is new. But it was the, it's the shelf life that was the problem. It's, it's not the consumer, really, that needs the shelf life. But if you're going to ship a couple pallets, you know, to XYZ, it needs to, ha- to be able to, you know, be shelf stable and kind of sit next to a cookie or a bar or whatever it is. And, you know, before it sells. And, and so from this time is now where I'm developing what we're now calling like the super donut, uh, you know, the, the current version, which is, um, you know, the, the shelf stable one that can, that can compete directly. So as so someone who doesn't have a food background, your process as you head in, so you have a realization that a frozen product is going to be a challenge. You want to take this brand much bigger. 
Mm. And therefore, I need a product that can sit on the shelf. How does someone who doesn't have the skills acquire those skills? <laughs> you know what? It's it's been to, to call it a learning curve is a is a massive understatement. Right? <laughs> like, uh, it's it's it, there, there's so many different things that 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 factor into play. So you know, it's the method of packaging. It's the it's the materials. It's the sealing process. It's gas. It's uh, the product itself, it's water activity, it, all this, this stuff that, that you, you wouldn't initially, you know, you'd be aware of what any of these things are. You know, I certainly wasn't. Um, like when I say no background, I mean, literally, you know, I, I'm t- I can barely make an omelette, you know, like that level. And, and you know, so, so what I did is I, I got in some consultants. I got in, um, you know, people who, you know, so like I, I'm going to get a packaging machine to, to do this and I will use the packaging company's sort of... Uh, expertise to drive it forward um but what i very quickly found out is people or certainly a lot of people are very very you know they have very high expertise in a very narrow field right so they'll like just do the the physical packing with the machine but they'll have absolutely no idea about materials you know or someone that knows materials will have no idea about the sealing process of you know of sealing those materials what machine you use that sort of thing and I don't know what you want to call it, man, like miscommunication or, I mean, people are lazy, man. Like they don't, they don't want to, like, you know, or like almost like take responsibility and yeah. kind of like interact. And so uh, basically there was, a, there are a ton of, of instances of, you know, working for months and months on, on a particular sort of solution, if you like, and then finding, oh, someone didn't think of this and they're incompatible and it doesn't work, you know? Or, and, and again, as we, as we go through, this process was there any point where you think okay look i've you know i've struggled through the first year i've got it got it there then i get the frozen product realize i need it and then i'm getting all of these challenges is there any point where you're like you know i could pick up that pt i could put my pt (laughs) shoes on and to be fair i could be doing this pretty quickly and doing okay Mm. is there any point where you thought maybe gym buddies won't come do you know what no like genuinely no and that's it's an honest answer and it's it's because I think it's because I, I always had this this uh, background noise of of the end consumer because that's the person I really really care about, right? Is affecting so be, 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 being a part of someone's day, right? And and I think it's it, yeah, it's, it's nutritionally good for you, but it's it's that psychological kind of pick me up, right? People feel good about it, and I think that's why there was so much kind of buzz around people wanting them, and also probably an element of because they were in shut in such short supply and difficult to get hold of, there was an element of kind of rarity around them. Mm. But because I was having this, I basically knew if I did it, if I got it over, if I pushed it over the finish line, even if it was by myself, you know, uh, in, in like rags for clothes, you know, if, yeah. I, if I pushed it across, I, there was that end market of people love the idea, you know? Um, and, it, and what would you say? So what's the, 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 the superpower that you have that's managed, that's allowed you to get this product over these three years to where it is today? Because it sounds like you've had some mountains to climb. You've had some low peaks, low peaks, low troughs. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, we're talking Mariana's Trench levels of like low, how the hell did this happen kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's probably true of any business, you know. Um, but, you know, okay, superpower. Um, I wish it was something like Wolverine. I'm, I'm going to say it, you know, like I'd, I'd, I think the claws would have come in handy once or twice, but uh, yeah. you know, no, what I think it's both a positive and a negative. Like with, with me, I'm, 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 I'm very, I've got a very obsessive personality and, 
And so, like, in, in, in some, you've got your neutral things in that, like, if I start watching, you know, like, I'm, I'm into Star Wars or, like, you know, a, a particular game on PlayStation or whatever, I'll get super into it. And I'll, like, I'll download the soundtrack and I'll, I'll know, you know, how, who wrote it and, and, you know, all the references and I'll just get super into it. And, you know, on, on the positive side of things for that kind of, you know, personality type, I think if I direct that, I mean, I did it with my training. You know, I, um, I'm sort of, if you want to call it like natural bodybuilding or whatever it is that I do, I feel like I've achieved a sort of a good physique, you know, for that. And I, I, I did it by basically obsessing over it, you know, the, the minutiae of it. Hmm. And, and similarly for, for Jim Buddy, I basically frame that in my head as, you know, that if I'm doing something and it isn't to help Jim Buddy grow, then the next question is, why am I doing it? Yeah. And, and that's, and it, and it is, you know, my, like my, my social life, you know, I've, I've lost a lot of friends over that. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's very, I became very one dimensional in that sense of driving this forward. Um, but I, I still kept very much, you know, I, I, it, I, I was interacting, but it was always interacting with people about the product. I want to learn what they think about it. You know, what's the feedback? How can I apply this? I, you know, do you like it? What's the flavor like that sort of thing? Um, so, so it's this, single-mindedness of pushing and or going towards your goal and if it's not making you go towards your goal you're not doing it yeah and but I, I think that's also a very negative thing in you know or it can be you know because because suddenly you are you know if you've got like a stove and you've got different pots on and, and you know one's your family one's your social life uh one's um y- y- the business and and you've only got one on yeah. like you're not making dinner now you've just yeah, got yeah. pasta, you know, you, you need, you need, you need the, the meat and the sauce on as well. And I, I, I didn't have it on. And uh, to, to, to many extents, I still don't. Um, so, so bringing it around now to, I wouldn't necessarily say the finished product, because I'm sure over the years there'll be developments, iterations, more variants. What do we have now as a finished product? So now we have a 99 calorie, 10 gram of protein donut made with whole food ingredients that is gluten-free, that is no soy, uh, that can sit on a shelf next to a protein bar or a cookie that doesn't do all of those things um, or, you know, some myriad of those things. Um, and it tastes bloody amazing. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what, how I would, you know, in a nutshell, characterise, you know, what, what the product is. And um, if I was a consumer to say, obviously, if I'm in a, a local sports store, Holland Barrett, and I see your donut versus... Um, a popular protein bar, one bar at uh, 20 grams of protein, 18 grams of protein, your bar, uh, your donut at 10 grams. Mm. What is your, how would you overcome that objection from a consumer? So as our retailers are likely to face this, how would you say, mm. look, come on, we've well, got a product here. I, I don't see this as an objection, genuinely. I, I think that, you know, this is a reframing of, of, of what the product is because, you know, people are making that direct comparison between this and X bar, Y bar. This, this is a brand new product, which is, it's not just hitting that, that the stereotypical 180 calorie, 20 grams of protein, um, you know, bodybuilder niche. Um, this is, it's a low calorie, high protein donut. So what it provides or what you're paying for is the experience of a donut, you know, the icing on top, the kind of fluffy texture, the, the, it kind of tastes sweet, like a sweet hit, really, really intense but without all the calories and, and sort of the, the, the fat and the guilt, right? So I was very, very, it would have been easy for me to put out a 200 calorie, 20 gram protein donut 
that basically have exactly the same macros as all the other bars. And, you know, then it would have competed on taste and the fact it's a donut. But for me, I'm, I'm, Gym Buddy is carving out a new niche, which is, it's, it's high in protein percentage wise, but like this, this is a, it's a low calorie donut, right? You can, you can eat three and a half of these for a Krispy Kreme, you know, comparably. And I, for me, the fitness market is, is the start because it's what I know. And it's basically selling to people that are very, very similar to myself, um, which is, I, I feel like in some way that's a limiting, it, that's a limiting th- way to think yeah. because I want, you know, m- like I said, it's mums putting it in their kids' lunchbox. It's, um, you know, uh, armed forces personnel. It's, uh, you know, in hospitals where they, they prescribe protein drinks that taste foul, you know, and that, you know, if they had like a good tasting protein product, it's, it's, it's a lot more than just, um, when I say just, I'm not, I'm not trying to like take away from all these bars and stuff like that. But I, what I'm saying is, I think, again, in my naivety, when I was when I was getting this started, I didn't know that, you know, the way a lot of this works is you go to a factory and you private label something that already exists. Right. Or like you tweak an existing yeah. formula. And that's why there's so many bars out there that are basically the same thing. Right. It's like it's like this bar it's the Super Lean Muscle X bar. And then you've got the Super Lean Muscle X bar in drag. And then you've got the super lean muscle X bar dressed up like a yeah. police. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's all, it's all, it's like, it's all the same thing. And, and so what I would say to, to anyone who has, you know, that objection is, is yeah, it is like, it's, it's lower calorie. I worked bloody hard to make sure it was. Um, could I double up the mix and make it 200 calories? Sure. And like, that might be one of the things I do in the future to, to hit the people that want that. Um, but for me, the, the, the idea of being a weight loss product and a protein product you know, it's, it's like I said, it's the experience of a donut without all of the, dr- yeah. any drawback I can think of for a donut, this doesn't have. So it's really the functionality of not only the high protein, the low sugar, but also that calorie content. Absolutely. Yeah. It was very important to me. And when, when we were doing the initial testing, there were a couple of samples of, of different, that we had a pumpkin pie flavor. And because uh, I was putting the pumpkin seeds on top, A, that is an arsake, putting seeds on top of a, a donut. That, it's like label wise, that's insane. Um, but also it was coming in at like 104, 108 calories when we were lab testing them. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's got, it's, it's got to be uh, that, that double digit calorie number for me is huge because you're, you're then comparing this kind of sweet chocolatey, like icing thing to like an apple, yeah. it, you know, in calories. And that, and that for me is so insane. Like that, that's what you're doing is you're, you're paying for the experience without the drawback. You know, that's the way I see it. And as we sum this up, what is, what is on the horizon for, for Jim Buddies and Tom? Well, um, for Tom, I might, <laughs> I'll get some sleep at some point. I'd, yeah. uh, I'd, like, I'd like a bit of that. I'd say with, with um, America launching, it's, um, I, I, I like, I stay, I, I've, I've changed my circadian rhythm. So I wake up later in the morning and then um, I work into the night. Um, and, and so and I, like, I think I work better at night and I'm, I'm cool with that but then that also means if I've got an early morning thing the next day like, there's, no, there's no freaking sleep so I'll say sleep yeah. uh, I haven't been on holiday in three years I'll go on holiday somewhere uh, but you know I, I think for, for Gym Buddy it's I, I want to I take it to a point where like I said it's, it's owning that, that niche in, in people's minds where they think at the moment no one thinks protein donut at the moment no one even it's such a non sequitur people don't think that but i want it now that like if i walk into a bar and i say give me a 
you know, a, a cola beverage, I'm going to get a Coke. And, you know, if I walk into to a sort of health establishment and I ask for a protein donut, I'm going to get a gym buddy. And so I think the donut is the flagship product because that, that's such the sort of like, that's your, the, the slam dunk haymaker of like, what the hell is this brand that's just come and come out with this? Um, but from there, I want to I take foods that have like, I either think of new foods and new ways of eating things or indeed take existing stuff that hasn't been done before and make it not just better for you, like not, not take a Snickers bar and add soy protein to it. I'm talking from scratch, build it from the ground up so it is nutritionally like damn near perfect yeah. and put it out as a health food. And I think that's where, that's where Gym Buddy sits. It's, it's fun. It, you know, the, the, the kind of brand messaging is very much consumer to consumer. It's, it's made by me for people like me and similar. Um, and then it, it's, it's taking cheap foods and making them not just better for you, but actually part of the plan. So it's like an everyday thing. Yeah. I'm training for this 100 meters final and I'm on, you know, donuts and ice cream and cookie dough or whatever else. So bear in mind that the customers and the people listening to this podcast will be the people you want to stock your product. What is your 10 second pitch to them? 10 second pitch to people to stock. Uh, this is so different. It will create a social currency with your consumers. Full stop. And to elaborate, what I mean by that is a social currency is something that people want to share because we live in a sharing world. Everything is all about sharing. And it's having that bit of information, that discovery, this exists that I want to tell my friends about. And let me tell you, if they, when they tell you, oh, my God, I've just found this, you know, this protein donut that tastes amazing. They're also going to say where they got it from. They're going to tag Brilliant. it. Brilliant. The way we're going to end this is with a quick fire round. Oh, I love it. So we're, we're going to ask you some questions. Um, you've got to say the first thing that comes to your mind. Uh, so what was the first sports nutrition product that you purchased? Uh, Joe Reader weight gain powder. Best tasting protein you've used in the time you've been training? Uh, time for nutrition, double chocolate mousse whey. Clean eating or if it fits your macros? Mix of both. You, yeah, 80-20. <laughs> okay. To which way? Uh, 80 clean eating and 20 throw a bit of bullshit in. Post-workout Cocoa Pops. Whey or casein, if you only could choose one? Whey. BCAs or essential amino acids? BCAs. In fasted, a... fasted or fueled cardio? Uh, fueled. Perfect. Hit. Hit. And that concludes our recording. I enjoyed that. That was great. Was... Carl, thanks was a lot good. for having me on. That's all right. We will speak soon.